0: Welcome to the official podcast of ForTernia.com. We have the power. I'm your host, AJ, a.k.a. Voodoo Magic, a.k.a. Zor. And sitting hundreds of miles away from me is my right-hand man-at-arms Colt, a.k.a. Red Pyramid, a.k.a. Dad-at-Arms. Yes. So, this episode is going to be titled. Eternian greetings, and for anyone watching video, I'm just going to put up a snazzy title because this is our first episode of the podcast. It's our premiere episode, and this means it's going to be rough around the edges because this is new for us too. You know, we're we're breaking in a new new pair of shoes, people. So we apologize in advance because we're probably going to sound unpolished. And also let's caveat that we're just two guys here. We don't know everything. We might get some things wrong, but at the end of the day, we're just two guys talking about their love for Motu with a strong focus on filmation and revelation continuity. So, how you doing today, Colt? I'm doing great. Do you have any?
1: Good. Go for it. You're good. Well, it's just good to be here. Mm. This is uh, this yeah, is like fun. you were mentioning. We are just, you know, we're just two guys trying our best to have fun.
0: Yes, and uh I see some uh, Motu toys behind you there. Yep, and I have a little collection behind me as well. And um, generally, though, before we get into any of that, um, real quick, since this is our first podcast, I wanted to get into the origins of ForEternia.com. I want to go over that first and then how Colt and I met. Now, um, I launched ForEternia.com in December 2021. How many months is that, Colt? Um, Let's see we're in April now. Five, right? Yeah, about five months. five months. You know what? It feels like it's been a lot longer. Yeah actually. yeah but um, but in a good way. Um, but the main reason that I launched for attorney.com, well, it's really was two reasons. But the main reason was to thank and show appreciation to the creators. Um, you know, we're talking Ted Biaselli, we're talking Kevin Smith. We're talking Rob David. Uh, there was, and I'm sure, you noticed this cult too. There was just negativity everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. it was, it was Motu has gone woke or, uh, you know, um, Kevin Smith he killed ma- my childhood.
1: Yeah. He <laughs> man's been ruined. Lot you know, lots. You're right. There was a lot of negativity, and you know, after you know, there's a lot of build up to that negativity up until part one launched. Then after part one launched, it seemed people kind of doubled down on that. You know, so it was good to be able to see other fans that appreciated what Revelation was, and to feel like you're not alone in that. You know, because I I enjoyed it. I liked you know, I liked part one. I was very excited for part two. It was telling me the story that I'd kind of wanted to see. And it was disheartening to see the negative, the negativity that was out there. So being able to, you know, see other fans excited about it, being able to, you know, find the, you know, for Eternia website, that was all good. You know, it was good to find the positivity behind something we love.
0: And, and that makes me so happy to hear, um, because you came into it as a reader at first and, um, and that was really it i wanted i was so thrilled with the show so enamored so happy and then so frustrated with all the negativity that was just swarming everywhere it it, it really felt toxic for people who love the show mm-hmm. and generally people aren't just going to hang around for that i mean you're not going to sit there and have a uh, a message text fight and battle it out, they're usually going to just leave that environment, which so many have. And then all you have is just horrible, you know, accusations of uh, the creators and what they did to Masters of the Universe. And that's why it was so important that I wanted these creators to know that there were fans out here that actually appreciated it. And you know that there was a great—I would even suggest—silent majority Uh that just simply really enjoyed the show, and and that really led to my second reason: is for fans of the show to have a place to get together without all that negative. Um, feedback and the constant, yeah, and I
1: think that's important because. You know, I think, I think that's important because when you're trying to enjoy something that you like and people are constantly, you know, telling you that, Oh, you don't know what Motu is. You're not a real fan. You know, you, you're not an original fan. You know, that it's insulting, you know, I mean, I've got a room full of action figures. I think would consider myself a fan and I would say I've been a fan for as long as I can remember, you know, so
0: don't you love that phrase? It's so you're not a real fan.
1: Yeah. That fan that, well, just that idea of, of, you know, gatekeeping fandoms is so ridiculous in my opinion. You know, people like things for a plethora of reasons and what I like, isn't necessarily something you like, it isn't necessarily something somebody else likes, but that doesn't mean that I'm not a fan. It doesn't mean you're not a fan. It doesn't mean that they're not a fan. It's just, we're all coming to this from our own perspectives and we're pulling things out of it that we love and that we grasp onto. And I don't know why that's a problem for some people.
0: Yeah. Good point. And just for the fans that actually did brave. The Rapids and try to debate some of these fans because there was a lot of negativity that was inaccurate as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's there, it's yeah, there's a lot of claims of how Revelation wasn't consistent with the lore of Masters of the Universe and how the creators didn't know what they're talking about and that they didn't respect the canon that yeah. had existed since you know the early days of the franchise, and that's just not true. I mean. I think the biggest you know mistruth that was out there is that kevin smith was in charge of this whole thing with no oversight from mattel who are the creators of masters of the universe and know quite a bit about their own franchise you know it was their story um kevin smith was just the showrunner run- show they chose to head up this project you know and so it, it like, like you're saying you know the inaccuracy of information that was that people were throwing around out there. Yeah.
0: And that became a fun byproduct because those were my reasons, right, to get the fans a place where they could feel comfortable and just enjoy the show and to show our appreciation to the creators. And that was the original intent, but what I've also noticed was it's been very useful for some fans to fight um baseless Claims. Um, you know, like what what was one of the criticisms we heard? One one of the famous
1: ones. It was like Tila, right? Was yeah, (laughs) yeah. Tila was a big point of contention for some people, mainly because she got angry. I would say that was the biggest one because of secrets that were withheld from her. And a lot of and the biggest claim, you know, not even going into the haircut issue, but the biggest claim about why is that Tila never acted like that in the original series and that it was inconsistent with her character. And that's one of the biggest incongruent arguments that there is, is, you know, Tila was very much in keeping with her filmation character traits and her, you know, what her behavior had has been shown to be for nearly 40 years.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And She's always been headstrong. She's always been impatient. And, you know, she was young. Even though she looked like a woman in the Filmation series, um, she was young and she was still learning to be an adult and control her emotions and um, think rationally most of the time as, as everyone young struggles through, you know? Yes. And what I found was that it was the first time i had put together a clip of tila behaving this way that mirrors her behavior in revelation where i realized wow for attorney.com can also be used to fight these baseless claims you know <laughs> you yeah. could you could use it as links finally as undeniable proof for other fans and I got to see this page shared to other people in the YouTube video that I put together, shared to other people. And I'm like, wow. And and you know what? It was it was ending the conversation and it was making real uh, people realize that their memory of the filmation series might not be an actual representation. And to be fair to some of these people, I mean, we're talking, you're talking. <laughs> We were kids back then, and yeah. a lot of them have not revisited the series. Uh-huh. So they're not necessarily their headcanon of what happened and what they remember isn't necessarily what actually happened. Right. And and the more we actually put information on for com. Not only do people learn, but other people that are trying to help other fans questioning that literally have legitimate questions are not trying to disparage the show, just to disparage it because it's woke or it's because it's this or that, that they can share one of these links. And then someone says, oh, I didn't know that, you know, oh. I didn't realize that. And next thing you know, a negative of the show turns into a positive.
1: Yes. So, and and that's and I think that's what's in what I like about the site and why I was initially drawn to it is because, you know, it was a way to have that healthy conversation about getting the truth out there without it turning into just throwing mud at each other. Yeah. You know, it was a polite forum and a You know it was a way to do that be like well no you know this is actually what the filmation series was and this is what happened in the filmation series and this is how it ties in with revelation and is consistent with revelation you know but it was done in, in a positive way you know social media outlets they allow us to you know say whatever we want and that's kind of the downside of it is we get to say whatever we want and
0: Right, you could say anything you want without consequence, right yeah. Yeah. but uh now, I got nothing nothing but love for those people, and I'm always trying to open hearts and open minds and and you know what, generally, not everyone's gonna like everything nope. and and there are gonna be people who don't like revelation, and they don't have a particular agenda in mind, and they're not saying that. The reason isn't because Tila is too masculine in their eyes, or short haircut, or all the other criticisms we've heard going in, Um, and that's okay, you know, because not not everything is for everybody. And the great thing about Motu is there's so much for everyone. If you don't like filmation, you got the mini comics. If you don't like um, 2000 and X, you got the the, the the cg kid show that just came out i mean there's that you have the dark horse comics right colt you're a big mm-hmm. reader of those yeah.
1: oh yeah, yeah. I, I and and i know from experience you know i like the dark horse comics um with dc did a run back in from 2012 to 2016 dc had their own run of masters of the universe um which was the eternity war run and i remember the conversation when that comic series was current that there were quite a few fans that didn't like that comic series because it wasn't what they thought Masses of the universe would be it wasn't it was a little bit more i guess you know a little bit more mature themed than what they remembered about filmation being you know and to your point that's okay you know we're not going to like everything that's presented to us and i you know that's not a problem we all have our own we all we all have our own perspectives and opinions um i think what what we want is for people to be able to enjoy what they like without having you know without being called names about whether they're a true fan or not you know yeah. but and the same thing if somebody doesn't like something that we like that's okay too you know yeah. absolutely you know, it, it, it's kind of the golden rule of fandoms just let people like what they want to like
0: yep yeah. So uh since the launch the uh site grew um and we cover news uh, our social media accounts have grown uh YouTube channel created and uh, of course this podcast which we started here so the, the benefits have really been rewarding, and uh this this is the only podcast where we're really gonna discuss this just because it's the first one, and there's possibly some people watching on YouTube that are not familiar with the site and the whole Genesis, but the benefits, like I said, really rewarding. The main benefit is just like we were saying before, it's the interaction with this great fan community. um They're just fantastic uh second. Uh, the creators uh I wanted to show mm-hmm. love and appreciation, and they showed appreciation back and how cool i mean you know um ted Bieselli's, uh registered an account on four four dot com
1: and he was uh, active in the comments as well,
0: yeah, and that was exciting it was very exciting, and Kevin Smith. Thanked the site for keeping mm-hmm. him up to date on information. I think it was because his teaser trailer won a Cleo Award, which he wasn't aware of. Yeah. So he yeah. publicly thanked the site and it's just wow. I mean, what a wonderful sensation because they're they're actually showing appreciation
1: for our appreciation. And
0: uh yeah. that's been well, really well, rewarding.
1: It, yeah, definitely. And at the end of the day these creators, I mean, they're people too. And they put, you know, in my opinion, they put their heart into this series. And I think it may, you know, it helps that for them to, to get that, you know, appreciation from the fans, you know, especially considering the negativity that surrounded it. Absolutely. And it just, it shows their humanity because they're, interacting you know with the site they're interacting on social media when people show their appreciation for it and that's that's a cool thing
0: now also what was a great benefit is uh Colt and I met so yes. I th- I think it started I think there was um Colt was a moderator on a very popular masters of the universe revelation um Facebook group and at the time he you had shared a trending picture of Masters of the Universe Revelation trending on Netflix. Am I am I yeah. correct on that one?
1: Yeah, that yeah. sounds right.
0: And I reached out to you and I was like, Hey, can I share that? You know, I, I guess you you took that with your phone, maybe.
1: Yeah, and I was sitting I was sitting in this room, the TV behind me, and I was just like, Oh, I was on Netflix doing something and I saw that it was trending, so I just took a quick photo with my phone and shared it to the page.
0: <laughs> yeah. And what was really cool about that was I'm not sure how far back, but you know, we were all we're all real pumped and hoping for a season two, you know, and the next book. Yeah. And obviously viewership plays a big role in that. And it was exciting that you know, part two, I believe, released in November, right before Thanksgiving, and here it was. Mm-hmm. I think January, it was either February? late
1: December, yeah, it was either late December or early January, if I remember right.
0: Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there, and it was trending. So I was like, "Hey, Colt, do you mind if I, you know, use that image of yours and turn it into an article?" And you said fine. Absolutely. You were absolutely courteous and excited to share it. And then I guess you and I just hit it off. Yeah. And, we started, uh, we started chatting. Yeah. And we've been chatting ever <laughs> since any kind of piece yeah. of information, even before it hits for com, Colt and I are chatting about it. Like, and we're, and you know, fun. and it's, it's so much fun. fun. Yeah. So we definitely hit it off. We, we might speculate a little too much, you know,
1: Sure. I think we, I, you know, I definitely think we do speculate a little bit too much, but I mean, it's just being excited as a fan is what it is.
0: And some of it is silly because, um, I think it was you who, uh, you know, uh, the official master's account released, um, a bit of information that they're, um, offering an advent calendar for christmas this year (laughs) and then and then colt you know messages me and says like uh you know holiday special confirmed you know revelation holiday (laughs) special (laughs) so yeah we're taking the speculation just a little bit too far but you know we're, we're having a good time with it so yeah it's all in good fun yeah so um and we just hit it off and uh And then, you know, clearly, and, and, and Colt, um, has written some great, uh, essays as well that I hope he's going to be sharing, uh, on our website and he shared those with me. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So thank you. Um, I am, I'm kind of in the process of revamping them a little bit and updating them because it's, it's been a few months since I initially wrote them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, like you, I think we're both passionate about this franchise and this series in particular. And do you think (laughs) for the
0: YouTube, (laughs) for the people watching (laughs) on YouTube, we're pointing to our massive toy collections behind
1: us of, of Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, just, just a bit obsessed, but yeah. So, you know, I got excited and I wrote some things and more than happy to share. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We actually have a new section on the website called voices of Eternia that includes Colts. It's going to include mine. I think I'm going to share some things and it's for anyone, for all of us um, to share anything positive regarding uh, experiences with uh, Motu during their childhood as an adult. And, um, or maybe they have a great collection they want to share. So it's, it's for all of us. And um Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll get to read those soon, but that's how Colt and I met. And, uh, I think we should now probably delve into our Motu origins, you know, um, the Motu fandom in us. And so basically our audience can understand where we're coming from. So. Colt, do you want to crack at this first? Uh, how did you become a Motu fan? Uh, Sure.
1: So, as I've been a Motu fan for as long as I can remember. Um, when I was... The earliest memories I have of it were even before I watched the Filmation series. Um, I would go... There's a little craft store in my hometown that I'd go to with my mom. And they had a little book section where you could buy books. And every time I'd go with her, she'd buy me a masters of the universe golden books storybook and i was always so excited to go with her and get a new book and i love you know i was just drawn to the artwork i was drawn you know here we had this barbarian guy with a cool looking sword on the cover and you know there's a pretty female character on the cover with him and i was just drawn to that idea of sword and sorcery and magic and adventure and then i you know found let me stop you right there cartoon uh, series about it sure go ahead go ahead uh,
0: who bought those books for you
1: my mom did your mom your mom
0: is awesome because my mom would only buy me dr seuss so oh no <laughs> <laughs> sam i am green eggs and ham sam i am <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know it all she would not buy me no two books so you already have a great mom in my book man so oh right. thank you <laughs>
1: yeah and so that was my first you know introduction to the series and then i found you know i eventually started getting the toys for birthdays and for christmas and i would watch the the filmation show and it was just always kind of a part of my childhood growing up something that i loved and even into my teenage years and into adulthood it was always something that i kind of i still loved i tried to hang on to most of my toys i did lose some of them you know, at one point, but, you know, it was just always something that I, that I could look back to, look back on fondly. And so it was a fandom that persisted.
0: How did you lose your toys?
1: I got in trouble when I was a kid and I got grounded from my He-Man toys for like a week. My mom boxed them all up to teach me a lesson and put them out in the garage. And my dad accidentally took them to, the thrift store oh no and oh. we never we tried to go to the thrift store and find them again but they were gone for good and so i lost most of my childhood collection that way oh that must so have had been all my good action game. figures it had yep it had my my battle ram in there i didn't have the castle or snake mountain or anything big like that but i had quite a few figures i had battle cat i had panthor it was just kind of a bummer I see so my met- mom, you know, I still give her a hard time about it now.
0: Oh, you, as... you talk to her.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> thought, yeah. Yeah. I thought you severed the <laughs> It's over <laughs> at seven years old. I severed ties with my mother.
0: It's over because mom. she got rid
1: <laughs> she got rid of my toys, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, through into adulthood, when you grow up, you get your own money. And so I started going on eBay when I was in college and, you know, finding these old figures that I had as a kid. And buying a few here and there and they weren't nearly as expensive back then as they are now it was much easier to get those kind of things you know and it and then it even persisted into you know adulthood uh my wife and i met and we got married and we had he-man and tila action figures as our cake toppers on our on top of our wedding cake you know and so you know for for every new he-man figure i buy i buy a tila figure for my wife um just kind of it it's a, a fun way to to share what i love with with her and i like that i have a wife that supports me in that i mean obviously she lets me keep stuff in the house so mm-hmm. i mean i yeah i guess that's my motu origins um
0: it's just you know, always that's,
1: been a good part of my life you know the wedding
0: cake thing is awesome um <laughs> My wife would never that. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, she is terrific. She's my soulmate. I love her to death. She loves me to death, but, uh, and you want to watch masters of the universe revelation, honey? No, <laughs> <laughs> this is one thing we do not share. We, we do share a lot of things in common we have a lot of fun and I just adore completely. But, um, Unfortunately, no. She's not. Uh, she's not. <laughs> she's not an active participant like your wife is.
1: I that's... wouldn't say. I wouldn't say she's an active participant, but she does. You know, she watched Revelation with me, and she was ha- she was excited for me that you know the new series was coming out, and she, you know, she's she's always been supportive of it to the point where she let me put action figures on our wedding cake. That's great. So,
0: all right. So for my Motu origin, um, I think it began Christmas, 1982. Um, I don't know, honestly, if it was my mother's idea or I said, I want these for Christmas. I really don't know. But under that Christmas tree that year, you know, I got the the He-Man, the Skeletor, the Castle Grey Skull, and I believe Tila Beastman and Zodak. So I was real young. It was, but it was very impressionable. And uh, I, you know, my previous toys were uh, Star Wars right? I had Luke Skywalker with these little plastic capes and I had, um, I had this death star and I think as a little child, yeah, it was very space genre toy city at my house. I think I had some of those, um, I a very young child. I was given some of those cloth mego stuff. Star Trek characters or something, you know, that like uh, Mr. Spock had a tricorder and stuff like that, but those weren't very fun. And so Star Star Wars, Star Wars was my thing, but then boom, these muscle bound, (laughs) you know, uh, um, a muscle bound blue guy with a skull for a face and this other muscle bound He-Man and this castle with this huge skull that was...
1: I don't. I don't know if it gets much more metal than that. Like oh. your villain is a guy with a skull. There's a castle that's a giant skull. Yep. I mean, what's not to love? As a kid, I just yeah.
0: Ah, I, uh, I, <laughs> I just adored it, you know. And 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 it was like, who wants to play with this scrawny little Luke Skywalker now? Because because <laughs> for anyone who who's older, I mean that. 82, that began the time of Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, we, 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 we look at today's age and today's movies and who are the heroes? They're superheroes, right? Uh-huh. But back in the 80s, it's, it, it really kicked off these muscle bound heroes, real people. You know, the names above the title, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, to a lesser extent, Van Damme you know yeah. Eastwood and stuff Charles Bronson and I'm sure I'm missing a few but and uh that that was really big in there and uh I you know I don't know and 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 bodybuilding I think was really big at that time too you know and what was the biggest uh bodybuilding championship it was called the Mr Universe and here yeah. we have He-Man the master of the universe and as a kid, move over Star Wars, you know, uh, it was just this wonderful mix of fantasy and sci-fi. And I just really fell in love with these toys and the mini comics. I liked the art, but at that age, I wasn't reading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. Yeah. You too. Okay. Yeah. It was just it, too many. I, they were just,
1: they were just, and they were just in the way of getting to play with the toy. It's like, oh, here's a book. I don't want to read a book. I got a toy to play with. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, if you want to know how serious playing I got, I used to have narratives where um something would happen. Like back when I was a kid, um I thought Manny Faces was a villain. Mm. And um and lo and behold, you know, I watched the filmation episode and uh he wasn't a villain
1: uh he was a hero
0: or he started out as a villain
1: right he was misconstrued he started out as the monster and
0: yeah but he wasn't really a monster inside but I think he was tired of being teased and picked on or something like that but the point was that he overtook Skeletor in in my play area and you know he conquered Castle Grayskull and I actually had a little piece of paper that I would write like you know where I left off So I could continue. Awesome. Yeah, so I could continue the story next time. And um so but yeah, I didn't pay and, attention.
1: And that's and that's the magic of it, right? Like that's the magic yeah. of Masters of the Universe, of the toys. Like Mattel gave us these figures and these sets. and I mean there was kind of a story, but the idea was no, make your own story. Yeah, you know, and that, that was kind of the whole inception of Castle Gray School. It didn't belong to the heroes, it didn't belong to the villains, it was just what was it called the the fortress of mystery and, and magic and it you know it was just kind of the centerpiece of these battles that you would play in your living room
0: yeah and you had these two halves of the sword and you put them yeah. together and they open the castle and i mean cat and castle Grey School was a scary place you had that little monster sticker like yeah dungeons where the monsters are trying to creep out and then you have this horrible trap door where you mm-hmm. the,
1: the trap door scared me for some reason i was i was like man that's scary like it's a plastic trap door i don't know why it scared me but yeah it did there,
0: <laughs> and even though there was some mini comics i mean i didn't have that many in some comics i got the same book that early on i mean uh same comics i got the same book listen to me This is what I get when I'm drinking a little alcohol. Um, (laughs) Some figures, please correct me, Cole, if I say something weird, please correct me. Um, Some of the figures had some of the same books, if I recall, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Like if I got Merman and Beastman, I might have ended up with the same um, mini comic right but uh so yeah i didn't really have much of a storyline until the filmation show and that sealed the deal for me i mean yeah in 1983 130 total episodes you know you got uh john Irwin doing the voice of he-man and alan oppenheimer as skeletor and linda gary as um well, oh, geez, Everybody, right? She was everybody. She <laughs>
1: was Tila. She was the sorcerer. She was Evelyn. Queen Marlena. Queen Marlena, yeah. I think yeah. her and Erica... Erica Scheimer were most of the the voice cast for the female characters.
0: Isn't that amazing? She did such yeah, a it, good
1: job. You know, aside, aside from, from uh, she Shira's voice actress, but she came a little bit later. But yeah. yeah. Linda Gary and Erica... Erica Scheimer did most of the heavy lifting for the female characters. Yep, it's yep. just
0: amazing. I know, especially Linda. I mean, I sometimes can hear like John's voice in multiple characters, even uh, though he did a great job too. But Linda was just off the
1: charts, great for me. But well, yeah, uh, her range her range was was very impressive.
0: Yep. So, uh, so after school, man, or you know. And I, Or during the summer, I was just so excited to watch the filmation show. There was so much charm. The music, the, uh, you know, I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, you know? (laughs) And uh, and the animation. And you know what? I I would just look forward to even the repeated use of animation. I don't know why, but I love, you know, that one shot where He-Man would like punch the screen?
1: Oh, yeah he runs up to the screen during the intro and just punches it. And I mean, it's cool. oh. like that. And my, my, my favorite thing to see in the cartoons when he would toss the sword from one hand to the other hand. You remember that?
0: Yes. Yeah. Like yep. switch yep. hands.
1: And I was like, that's so cool.
0: I was like, why <laughs> could I not so remember cool? that? They repeated yeah. that 20 million times. it's exactly. it's
1: just stock animation. But every time I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> it, it is amazing that even as an adult, I don't look at that with anything other but fondness and Mm -hmm. you know every time i see the it's amazing how they incorporated for these cost-saving um methods you know to reuse animation and somehow still make each episode feel fresh yeah and and new and separate from the one before because um the lush lore that was creative it was so expansive for a kid's show. And I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe haven't visited that show since a child that just remembers, ah, it's corny and you know, it was goofy and can't be, and it was fun, but no, there was, you know, there was a series Bible written for that. That was pretty um, extensive by Michael uh, Halperin and boy, did that show really, uh, what's the word? I guess, not not just explore it, but, um, fill out the world of Eternia,
1: you know? Yeah. There, yeah. There's a lot of thought put into it. There's a lot of attention to how everything kind of works together and, you know, just what what do they call it? World building, you know, the world building of it all was just incredible, especially for a children's program. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, a lot of, you know, we talk about the reuse stock animation and stuff like that, but it was actually a very clever use, you know, to save on expenses to be able to pump out these episodes. And like you said, we got 130 episodes of this. That's amazing.
0: In two years, you know, in two years time, I think it ranged over like 1983 to 1985, but that's only because it started, I think mid year. close to the end of the year well regardless it is amazing and it is wonderful and that that this was the cartoon of the vintage toys and this the filmation show is what my fandom still rests upon Mm -hmm. my love for everything motu stands on the shoulders of that show so um but as I grew up of course I moved on um I saw Secret of the Sword
1: in the theaters I got taken to that Did you see that in the theater at all? Cole? I didn't I didn't see that in theater. I remember seeing the live action movie in the theater. Yes. And I remember leaving the theater in tears because Karg scared me. He was <laughs> ugly, he had a gross voice, he looked slimy. He he scared me. <laughs>
0: i i came out of that i think i think i was disappointed that i could see skeletor's nose i think that's
1: (laughs) with the with the cloth mesh
0: yeah i think that was the most um disappointing i mean overall it was disappointing i mean i really wish it 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 took place on eternia for most of the movie. yeah and every time we're hanging around Courtney Cox, I'm like, you know,
1: why, why it's just wasted time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why can't we stay with he-man and T- I love, be honest with you. I thought Dolph Lundgren played a good he-man.
1: He, and, He's good. I like him. I mean, and, Dolph Lundgren, it, he, like you were saying earlier, he comes from that era of muscle bound heroes that we yes. expected in, in the movies. And so Dolph Lundgren was an easy choice.
0: Yeah. He just and came off of, uh, I love Rocky that it was four.
1: Him. Yeah, for sure. Ivan Drago. He's this a big muscle-bound blonde guy. That's exactly who we needed. I will
0: break you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know what? And I thought Tilo is great. Not a big fan of Man in arms. Um Lynn, and then Frank Langella though. Looking back at that movie, um
1: I yeah, I think Frank Langella and Meg Foster's Lynn are the standout performances of that movie. Like anytime they are on screen, they just command the entire scene yeah yeah and And they uh fantastic
0: he really chews the scenery so Mm -hmm. um that's always fun to revisit so um so i saw those in the theater and i still continue to love mo2 and um then i think new ventures wasn't a fan of uh 2000x i just found to be okay it wasn't really my thing
1: 2000 2000 and X hit when I was in when I was in college, and it was just I I was excited because it it was He Man you know again it was like oh there's a new He Man cartoon there's new toys on the shelves, and it reminded me of being a kid because you know something I loved from being a kid was back you know, so I was excited when it was first out but watching it I didn't I didn't fall in love with it. It just kind of i kind of bounced off it you know i I watched all of it obviously but i never you know i didn't internalize much of it it was a little bit too anime inspired for me and it wasn't necessarily what i had wanted from a new he-man cartoon i wanted the I, i guess i wanted the story to be continued from what we got with filmation and 2000x was you know more or less a reboot and it was just, it was another origin story for He-Man telling stories that we'd kind of already seen before.
0: I think that's, that's a good point. I wanted a continuation too, but you know, I tried to go with it and, uh, yeah, the, the anime style, um, it was a little over the top for me. I, I know you and I talked before, I think I mentioned that, um, I also, Struggled with some of the fight scenes, especially early on. There was a lot mm-hmm. of this, this samurai type of strike a pose, swing yeah. your sword, and then strike more poses. And, There's a lot of a
1: lot of weapon spinning and a lot of jumping through the air. Yes, for the, for the action scenes,
0: and not much battling. You know, and you'd actually see more action, believe it or not, in the filmation cartoon. Now, granted, it's not a sword striking someone;
1: or it's more kind fights- of wrestling or throwing.
0: You know? Yes, yes. But the excitement was really amped up and then and then tremendously so in Revelation. So I struggled with that. Um I, I, I wasn't a fan of Skeletor either. Um and uh, not just I'm not I preferred the demon origin over the Keldor origin, but just the performance. Of the actor
1: <sighs> his name escapes me. But uh, um, Mike is it Michael? Is it Dobson? Dobson dobson
0: yeah he um he to me always sounded like he was creating a voice like you and i would be yeah it, 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 it sa-
1: yeah it sounds like an Im- impersonation of, of oppenheimer
0: right where oppenheimer sounds like a skeletor he doesn't sound like someone doing an impersonation of a character he sounds just like a character and this sounds like his legitimate voice and so did mark hamill in masters mm-hmm. of universe revelation mark never once sounded to me he was putting on a voice and um, you know and
1: i i know one of the complaints about it about mark hamill's skeletor is that it sounds too much like the joker like you know his joker from the animated series and there are similarities yes. but there are quite a few differences as well the inflections are different the pitch is different the tone and, you know, and just, I mean, Mark Hamill's a master at voice acting, you know, and he can go up and down and, you you know, and I, I really loved his Skeletor and I, I didn't think it was, I, it, it, it wasn't just a copy of the Joker for me. It was much. it was more, there was more to it than that.
0: I can, I can appreciate the Joker criticism, but the one thing he's not is he doesn't sound like someone. An amateur putting on a voice yeah you know? yeah you bumbling boop you furball <laughs> you know something yeah, that, like that <laughs> that's that's not bad
1: <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> damn it i could have given alan a run for his money you know he just could
1: have you, you missed your calling yeah was it just his calling. birthday yeah he's in his 90s bless his heart oh. well yeah. and that was one of the reasons why he came back as Mossman man for revelation yeah. and the reason for that is he, he wasn't physically able to do the Skeletor voice. Right. Like they had, they had that conversation with him and he just, he, he wasn't able to do it. It was too much on his vocal cords.
0: Yeah. I think after a while, and that even happens to singers and stuff, right? There's certain Mm -hmm. uh, pitches that they can no longer uh, reach if that's appropriate, but um, Yeah. 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 So I I just found the series to be okay, by the way, if there's lovers of the 2000 X series, that's awesome. And um, I'm not disparaging the series. I'm just saying it wasn't uh, my favorite. Um, So then I went on and I collected the DVD sets and, um, which I think are worth a lot of money now and uh, a lot of the books. And then I collected some of the, classics line uh, mostly mm-hmm. the uh filmation figures you know i think they would call it he-man 2.0 um you guys can see that if you're watching the youtube behind me so and i have uh i think gran might have been my first classics so oh, that's cool yeah and
1: I, uh, I remember i remember reading a toy fair magazine and seeing a preview back way back in it was either 2007 or 2008 but they had an image of a prototype for he-man for the classics line that was that they were getting ready to launch and i remember losing my mind with excitement about a new he-man toy line coming out and i mean i I bought a lot of i bought a lot of the classics um i don't have as many as i used to i i mainly just kind of held on to my he-man figures my skeletor figures and their variants and then I, well, my wife kept the Tila figures cause those are hers. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, I got rid of a lot of the extra characters and the extra heroes, the extra villains from the classics line. Cause I just, mainly cause I didn't have room.
0: Well, those have really increased in
1: value too. I they think. have, they've, they've jumped, they've jumped in price quite a bit.
0: Actually, I think this, this Granimir here is ridiculous. It's something
1: like $500 or something. Oh, I'm, like yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, just that, that filmation style, He-Man and Skeletor, each one of those is easily 200 loose.
0: Wow. That much I haven't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's what pushed me over the edge and maybe we'll get there later, but actually I remember when classics first came out and I kind of stayed away from collecting, um, because I lost my figures too, which I guess we'll get into in a little bit, but, um, but finally, you know, since Filmation has my heart, once they started making that, you know, those Filmation and and Granamir, cheese, I mean, the Wiz's <laughs> dragon, I mean, I just, you know, and he was great in those episodes, not just the character, but the voice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who played Granamir. Was it Irwin?
1: I think it was Irwin.
0: Yeah, I think it was Irwin.
1: And I mean, uh, we could be wrong, but I'm, I'd say 85 percent sure that it was Irwin. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we could be wrong a lot, guys. Please yeah. don't kill us in the comments. We apologize if we get anything wrong. So yes. we're trying um, our best. <laughs> but finally, I'm all in again, just like I was with um, as a little tyke with Masters of the Universe Revelation and mm-hmm. the entire Masters of the Universe Revelation line. Um, I guess on my camera, you can see some of them are boxed up there and um i have some loose those are duplicates and stuff i only I, um some of my favorites i bought duplicates for loose and i have the masterverse he-man up on the uh, battle cat in the four eternia pose you know mm-hmm. which is classic <laughs> yeah and it, it 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 has just reinvigorated me and my 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 love even though obviously my love has continued through the years there's the dvds and stuff but i am just you know at some point you were like 100% in as a kid and then as you grew an adult you're maybe 50% in or 60% in and now i'm just 100% in that's yeah. a testament to the show not yes. the timing the show that's how mm-hmm. wonderful i thought this was
1: exactly you know i remember when they launched the origins toy line a couple of years ago i i was excited for it because it was more he-man you know i was like oh cool and they look like the vintage figures that's cool that's a good idea i only like you know I, I bought them mainly for my kids be like hey this is something i liked as a kid i would like to share that with with my kids you know so I, i'd buy the figures for them i i have a couple on my shelf of ones that i like but i never got that bug you know that excitement again and then revelation just dropped and i like you said you know. I loved it, and because of the show, I love the new Masterverse line. and <laughs> I'm buying lots of figures again.
0: <laughs> are you buying everyone?
1: Um I've most of them. I'm not gonna I, I'm not buying all of them because there are some characters that I just, that I just don't like, even if they were in Revelation mainly fisto ah. i don't like fisto <laughs> I've, never, I've never i've never liked Fisto, so I'm like, yeah i don't need that one <laughs> everything you know I and it's, everything it's else it's I, a, think I
0: have it's a very good rendition of him. it's a very well-made figure yes it's a fisto fan or not figure. yeah fan exactly. or not I
1: I, I I can admit it's probably one of the best figures in the line so far
0: yeah if i would have to say i would for me it would be Triclops, um, Fisto, Scaragolo. Uh, I think Man in Arms is fantastic uh, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And do um, so you know what? This might be a little um, controversial, but I even love the Tila. Tila oh, I love the Tila figure. Yeah, the I have a posed... um,
1: Yeah, Mercenary Tila. I yeah. think I've bought her the most because I bought one for myself i bought one for my wife i bought one to customize to because i wanted to start trying to make custom figures so i made a snake armor tila and she's she's on the shelf right here behind me right and this is weird trying to do it behind my head that one (laughs) anyway so i bought her and then i bought another one so i could have her in her gas mask and cloak yeah you know? And so I think, I think she's the one I bought the most and she's a pretty fantastic figure.
0: How many pre-orders do you have in for 2.0? <laughs>
1: right now I have two pre-orders for 2.0 Tila, one for okay. me, one for my wife. Okay. But we'll see if that, that grows. It has an alternate head. We'll see if that grows.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't think I have a figure from the master first line I dislike. To be honest with you, um some characters are better than others, but uh I have committed to buying every single Masterverse in the Revelation line. So for money wise, I think for now I decided to skip on new Eternia and anything else that might come, but if it's if it's labeled Revelation, I'm going to be getting it and uh you know, I'm just going to focus on those figures and just hope they continue with that. I know we're getting the hero. Mm-hmm and um i'm still waiting for my merman to arrive
1: and my merman uh, got here today
0: he's so lucky (laughs) ah there he is there he is i
1: haven't even had time to get him out of the package but he's a cool figure i'm i'm still waiting for my king grayskull to wait wait, waiting on that (laughs) pre-order (laughs) <laughs> but
0: you know there was always like if you ever watch Spongebob you know Spongebob <laughs> would be waiting for something and then it would say two days later yep, you know exactly. and he's still waiting but <laughs> like you talk yep. two years later
1: <laughs> we're yeah. still waiting for this pre-order Yeah. well and even yeah. with 2.0 Tila you know with Classic Tila for Revelation she was part of the Wave 4 with you know New Eternia, He-Man, Skeletor, and Merman I have those three figures they came no yeah. Tila yet I think that's a whole nother podcast in regards. I I think, I think, I think it is. I think (laughs) it is. (laughs) And we need
0: to get someone from, from Mattel on the uh, podcast to answer some questions nicely. That's right. Nicely. Because we'll ask,
1: we'll we'll ask politely.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, um, so finally, I guess before, until we go into our last topic of just, you know, our general thoughts of uh, master's of, the universe revelation what was your favorite figure as a child now i assume it's going to be a vintage one but uh, yes. it could be like a toy as well it could be Skull. could be you know the wind raider
1: what was your so favorite? my my favorite figure was cobra khan ah. and i know this is going to sound silly but he had the the water squirt action feature and i would put kool-aid in my cobra con figure and then i just walk around all day just squirting kool-aid in my mouth with with my cobra (laughs) con action figure and so that's that's the figure i played with the most because of that and i have the most love for it because it just makes me smile when i think of cobra con
0: so was this one of the figures that your mom or your dad gave away?
1: Yeah, it was, it ended up uh, in a box. So I lost my, my Kool-Aid dispenser. <laughs>
0: so you, you've never tried to reclaim that glory to find one on No, either, I'm afraid it would,
1: or... I'm afraid it would taste too much like plastic. I think my tastes <laughs> are more discerned now that I'm an adult. <laughs>
0: I tell you, uh, my favorite, um, is right here. It's web store and it's, it's the only vintage web store or only vintage, um, Motu I have actually above here. I do have the classics, um, web store as well. And, uh, I think he's quite pricey as well. And he's kind of like, he's a mix. I should be really holding these up to the camera for the YouTube. Video. <laughs> <laughs> Pull them off my shelf. And, uh, but the, 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 the classics, um, I think did a combination of the 2000 X style with the multiple spider.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the legs
0: extra yeah. But still kept them, you know, it was a hybrid of the, the vintage and 2000 X style and, mm-hmm. I actually appreciated that look. So I picked that up. Um, But yeah, I lost um, all of my figures as well. My castle, great skull, my snake mountain, everything in a flood. Oh no. But, but, but it's different from what you think. Um, It was was a young guy, um, 1999 hurricane Floyd came ravaging in, in my state and my house was flooded. And it was like, it was like one of those, um, what you see on the news that you say, Oh, that, you know, it almost seems surreal. I was rescued from a second floor bedroom window by a police. Wow. Wow. That's how high the water was. So, um, we were, I was living in a valley. I, I was too young to own a home or anything. I'm just renting, but um, yeah. yeah, but it's, uh, and, and to imagine how high the water was guys, um, for the peeps at home, uh, we, I was in the police boat and the guy, the police officer driving the police boat would go heads up and the people in the police boat, including me would have to duck down because the to get under the power lines wow yeah so so that flood occurred and then through three days later the water rescinded and the um there was martial law in that area and uh, i had a few hours to or no i think i had only daylight eight hours i think it was to go back and to recover anything i could and most of everything was damaged but i had um the motu stuff on a high up shelf in a closet um and that actually didn't get wet and fortunately for me i was able to you know the poor people that lived in the houses that got flooded they were stuck you know this was their home if they liked it or not, they had to get it fixed up. I mean, it was after three, three days, I had a a hardwood floor in my living room. And when I came back three days later, the floor looked like waves, the water wow. made it. Yeah. just, bow. And, um, but fortunately because I didn't own the place, I was able to just walk away. But the only obligation I had was to, uh, I had to get all my junk out. So if it was a submerged couch, I have to get rid of it. Clothes, I had to get rid of it. So, um, and anything I could spare, I took with me. And um, some people came and helped out and some people I didn't even know. And uh, there was a friend of a friend. His name was Ralph, I haven't talked to him since, but I didn't know him. But from that morning to eight hours later, he helped, me unload everything i had get rid of everything junk everything clean out the whole house and around the middle of that cleanup he was enamored with the masters of the universe stuff my vintage toys he said to me how much he loved these toys and that uh, he wished he had his and he was asking me questions about it and then five hours later or something we were done and actually we i think we got done in in the in the middle of the night because we had to cart everything off but i decided um you know i was planning to save these vintage toys and who knows maybe if i had a son or a daughter that was interested in these that you know i would share them with with them and Um, but at that moment, because of just his complete act of kindness, I just wanted to return it with kindness. So I gave him every single vintage toy I had and, uh, and just, and he was really thankful. And it was just the best way I could express to this guy that I wasn't friends with that. I didn't know before this. Haven't seen him since um just how appreciative i was so i i didn't have any vintage toys for years but i had one favorite playing when i was a little kid and that was web store man did <laughs> i love that web store I, I don't even know if he was my favorite character i guess i wouldn't say he even was she's not in a filmation show have you heard his voice um no oh, it's it's interesting <laughs> oh it's john irwin's doing it and it's the same voice as um the the widget, um, yeah, the little yeah. the little Jacob. Hobbit widget, uh, Squinch, Squ- Squinch is his name, Squinch or something. So, yes, and yeah, um, yeah <laughs> it's such a you know, Webster looks so cool in the filmation series, and then when he talks, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you know, Beast Man, he sounds so badass, and Merman sounds cool, and Skeletor sounds so cool, and then Webster, you know, but uh, I it was my favorite toy and yeah i love i love the web action and that he can scale and um ah, he was awesome 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 so i decided after a long time to reclaim one vintage toy and there he is what, there he is yep <laughs> yep i wasn't gonna chase them all down no no nope. yeah but uh i decided just to get one and uh the web store is my guy so And you know what breaks my heart is um, Web Store and Masters of the Universe Revelation. He was in it, but he didn't say a single thing.
1: Yeah, he didn't have any dialogue.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh man, this is filmation continuity. I can't wait to hear his voice, you know, because they changed some of the voices, like Merman and stuff,
1: right? Yeah,
0: something like they—they're not going to give him little Widget squinches voice. It's going to be
1: new. It's going to be.
0: It's going to be cool.
1: It's going to be Uh, new and improved and scary. Yeah, I'm Webster,
0: you know something like that, and 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 nope, he doesn't say anything. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Kevin, Ted, Rob, you're killing me." <laughs> but I was still happy to see him in the uh, cartoon. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's my guy. So all right, and then uh, I guess uh, before we. Wrap it up. You know, we should finally discuss the uh the elephant in the room, you know, the, the Granomir in the room, if you will. Yes. Um, the whole reason why forAturnia.com exists, and that's Masters of the Universe Revelation. So we won't we won't get into like complete depth, you know, we're gonna do that later on in other episodes, but um we'll try to uh bounce around here. So So let's start in 2019, right? It's the Mm -hmm. America's Mightiest Toy Show um, at Paracon in Anaheim, California. And Masters of the Revelation is announced. And the poster and synopsis is dropped. And boom. So what is cult thinking at this point?
1: So I... So PowerCon happens in the summertime, right? Usually in around August. Um, I farm. And so I'm outside most of the time during the summer just working. And so I'm not really paying attention to news outlets and stuff like that. But I got a, a email alert because I have buzzwords set, you know, for news things that pop up. And it said, oh, Kevin Smith is attached to a new Masses of the Universe cartoon series. And it's a continuation of filmation. And that that was the headline I, I read. And I I was out irrigating corn, I think, and I lost my mind with excitement. And then later that night I was looking everything up. I was watching the video reveal of it, you know, the the coverage of power con and all that. And I just remember watching the live panel where they bring all the writers up on they brought, brought Ted Biaselli up on stage they showed that synopsis of what the series was going to be they showed the poster of Castle Grayskull with the power sword floating in its open jaws and I I was over the moon excited because I you know I'd seen a lot of Kevin Smith movies I didn't like all of them but I liked his I liked most of his body of work and I always liked Kevin Smith. I always thought he was a genuine person and somebody that seemed like a cool guy. I was like, yeah, sure. I would love for him to make a Masses of the Universe series. So, yeah, that, that poster I mean, is I, was, I was excited. Else, huh? Oh, it's such a good poster. It was beautiful. And I was like, if this is the art, and I remember thinking specifically that I was so excited because the sword is in that poster and it's the classic Filmation sword and I was like they got the design of the sword right it's not the 2000x mechanical weird sword that I can't stand it's the power sword from filmation and I I was super excited yeah so from that announcement I was in and I was pumped
0: Yeah, that's pumped, too, you know, especially direct sequel to the classics Uh era, you know, uh, the the filmation. I'm like, you mean filmation? What? And and then I read more and I'm like, holy cow. They're continuing what most people think. Well, really, what, you know, it's the vintage choice in the show is what is is. Is really what put Motu on the map, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I haven't been that happy in regards to Motu since I was a kid. You know, I was yeah. just, I was so stoked. And that poster, man, that poster, I think Ted had indicated that. There's,
1: um on what, like a, three days time? That they, they yeah,
0: on that an interview? In three days, yeah. Yeah, that uh, they just quickly put that together and it's glorious. It's, it's
1: glorious. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of promotional art.
0: Yeah, and oh, I, you know what? I need the poster of that. And I've looked on eBay before, but there's so many people that are just selling knockoffs, you know? They get yeah. a high raise and and I don't is there an official poster? I don't
1: I don't know if there's an official poster hmm. for that. I know there's an official mini poster for Nate's promotional artwork that they released right before part one dropped oh it's on your shelf behind you on the book cover yeah yep that art. I know there's I know because Kevin Smith was giving them away at at one of his podcasts where he was talking about the show um but I don't know if that initial Castle Grayskull art exists I'm so mad Uh, you have that I have that pre-order too and it's not showing up until yep there it is yeah
0: yep I'm jealous I mean I love them both. It's um, just glare, but I love them both. But I this this is it's good. Well, it's moody. Yeah.
1: It's simple. Yeah. It's elegant, and it gets it gets things right. Mainly the design of the sword, and it blew my mind.
0: For anyone uh, just listening to the podcast and not watching them on YouTube, I'm holding up the Art of Masters of the Universe Revelation hardcover book. So, uh, it is available right now, but it's only available I think at your local comic book shops. It appears to help your brick and mortar stores. They Amazon got it later or gets it later. So Amazon get it in May, right? It's going to start shipping in May, but you could have it right now. Actually hmm, started. Three weeks ago, maybe, you could buy this book and um, and support your local comic book shop. It's not going to be at the same discounted price as Amazon offers. You know, you're going to be sure. paying retail, which is, I think, $39.99. But, um, uh, yeah, you could. Can... Oh, geez, $49.99 is full <laughs> retail. And then $65.99 in Canada. Ow. But, uh, yeah, it's a great book and, uh, yeah, the, but the posters, both posters are fantastic, but uh, yeah, I was just excited as you. And then, um, all right. And then the first trailer drops, you know, it's Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero. It, gonna...
1: It's a, I don't know, man. It's a perfect trailer. It <sighs> catch, it captures that essence of the eighties with a very iconic '80s song that is perfectly fitting for masters of the universe. I mean, and it's showing so many cool things in that trailer. Like I I don't know how many times I watched that trailer. (laughs) Easily probably pushing a hundred times I've watched that trailer, that teaser. (sighs) It's awesome.
0: It's awesome. How do you how do you describe it? This is probably inappropriate, but it's it's orgasmic. It's just Yes. Yeah, it's just a wonderful Jubilation like, yeah. of. <laughs> yep. I just watched it over and over and over again. And uh, it, it is masterful. And that is why it deservedly won a Clio Award. Yeah. um That trailer. And uh, yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. And then uh, that was followed up by a second trailer, which actually yeah, so, showed. So,
1: yeah, so there's the teaser trailer, which was the Bonnie Tyler. Holding out for a hero trailer. And then there's the story trailer, which showed more story details, plot details of what to expect.
0: Yep. Yep. And uh yeah, I think that actually premiered a month later and mm-hmm. it's, it sort of gave you, yeah, the story outline more like the synopsis that we got uh during the Dream power con uh, PowerCon. Yeah, 2019, where you know, they mentioned that it was going to be Tila and uh, her quests,
1: right? Yeah, and that, that initial synopsis, had, you know, it said something along the lines of that a big battle happens, something bad happens, and fractures Eternia. And so now it's up to Tila and an unlikely alliance to solve the mystery of the power sword, of the missing power sword.
0: So overall... um, the it was a 10 episode series, you know, mm-hmm. five episodes dropped July 23rd, 2021, and then the other five concluded on November, November 23rd, 23rd. Yeah, yeah, 2021. And, um, go ahead, why don't you give us uh, your thoughts?
1: I so I stayed up, it aired here at 1 a.m. when it became available and i stayed up for for both of them so i could watch them as soon as they premiered and when part one dropped i was like okay i'm gonna watch the first episode and then i'll go to bed and finish it up but then i just watched the entire thing in one sitting so i didn't get to bed till about three thirty, four 4 o'clock a.m <laughs> that day and then the same months. thing same thing with part two <laughs> i mean i stayed up i was watching a documentary about robocop just killing time waiting to for part two to become available and then i watched it all and it was three in the morning and i was i think i cheered out loud at certain parts that i was eager to see and i got to see him happen so i I loved it i mean it was awesome
0: you know um you're a better fan than me (laughs) i'm not a real fan (laughs) you know i i i had i think i had work the next day or uh so i couldn't i couldn't do that and now, granted i think it was midnight for me but i couldn't do it and uh, i knew if i started i wouldn't be able to finish you know yeah and uh so i think i had to wait for that evening and same thing with the 23rd what was that the wednesday before thanksgiving or something like yeah. that yeah. yeah so it's the same thing i i had to go into work that morning so um it wasn't until that evening that i watched it and then i you know i watched it it was great because it was almost just like watching a movie two movies right yeah, part one yeah. and then part two yeah. and um with no break in between and um, no, I loved it too. And it, it was exactly what this hardcore child fan of filmation wanted in a continuation as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I keep saying to anyone I, that I know it really was, I found it to be a, a love letter to the classic series yet it elevated the classic series to lofty lofty heights like it just
1: you know it had i guess it had the they had the bravery to follow these ideas and to ask these questions about how things would happen you know like so, so so i guess what i'm saying like the main thing that happens is Adam's secret is revealed in episode one. That's the revelation that Adam is he man and he dies doing that. and Tila watches it all happen. you know, and so to me, the interesting follow up to that is what happens next? How does that affect people? How does that affect someone like Tila, who just watched all of this happen, just had this massive revelation you know, dropped on her about two people, essentially, you know, she has Adam that she is best friends with and grown up with, but then there's also He-Man who she's fought side by side with and has affection for and to have them revealed to be the same person. And she didn't know, and now she's dealing with the grief of it all. And, you know, the realization that, Oh, there's other people that actually knew this secret. I'm kind of the only one that didn't really know a lot about what's really going on. You know and so it's asking those questions and it's answering those questions with like no this is how people would react this is how people deal with these kind of emotions and these kind of serious issues and i appreciated that as an adult those are interesting questions to ask and those are interesting questions to answer and i think that's why i fell in love with revelation i was like it's it's approaching this in a realistic manner and it's not treating me like a child you know it's I felt horrible watching how episode one ends and watching Tila throw her crown down and leave the kingdom you know like I could feel like I felt heartbroken over I was like this is sad you know this isn't what I want to see but I do want to see it because it's it's good storytelling
0: (laughs) well yeah if you think about it I mean there was a core group In in the filmation series, you know, you got Man in Arms, you got Orko, you got Adam, you got Tila, uh, Sorceress, and and um, He Man. You know, Adam's alter ego. And there's only one person who didn't know that secret in that group, core group, didn't know any of the secrets, and that was Tila. Yeah,
1: you know, everyone else. It kind of reminds me of you know to, to to reference DC Comics. You know, you have the the Trinity of characters, which is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. You know, for Masters of the Universe, it's He-Man, it's Man-at-Arms, and it's Tila. They're the Trinity. Except yeah. one of the Trinity doesn't know what's actually going on with how things work in the world of Eternia. And
0: but everyone, a lot. everyone yeah, around yeah. her, Cringer, mm-hmm. Orko, the Sorceress, you know, the main, well, geez, even the Queen, you know. Yeah. so. Uh, and, geez, how would I react? I'd be pretty yeah. pissed off you know combined with all these emotions of mourning and horror and sadness i would be pissed off for all yeah. this time you have kept something this huge away from me what i didn't count i i mm-hmm. wasn't trustworthy enough you know well, i it, mean
1: and there's that humiliation there like her main yeah. role was to be adam's bodyguard so how humiliating would it be to learn that Adam didn't really need a bodyguard at all because he's He-Man, you know? So her entire role beyond being captain of the guard is trivial at this point. You know, it, it, it's like, it's a big joke. Yeah. That that's heartbreaking. Yeah. But they had, but they had, they had the balls to tell that story.
0: Yeah, I agree. They, 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 definitely went for it and succeeded you know and that's why that's why i was saying that they elevated it to Mm -hmm. lofty heights right they 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 treated it like a epic literary fantasy work they treated it like lord of the rings and to some degree even further when it comes just to human emotions and stuff, but um, it had stakes, it okay. had had emotion, it had passion, and you know it, it treated things seriously. And as an adult, it just worked. It just, I I can't even imagine if I remove myself from this. It's like I'm a huge fan of this show as a child, and then they tell and adult sequel and how it just gels wonderfully together for me in my mind it it, it's amazing it's i can't even fathom you know what
1: it what it feels like is it feels like the what we watched as kids with filmation and what we get with revelation we've grown up and it just feels so natural that it's grown up with us. You know what I mean? We had, we had filmation as kids and now we have revelation as adults and it all just blends seamlessly together in my opinion. And it just feels like it's grown up with me.
0: What? No, what you said, that's a good, that's a good line there. It's filmation that grew with us. Right. Yeah. And it is feeding the right synopsis in our, uh, in our brain now. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah. It it was wonderful. You know, I, 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 I love that it was treated seriously and geez, it finally gave us Tila's sorceress arc. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I was, I was always, that's another thing, you know, part of the critique here, you know, where people are like, <laughs> man, Tila's going to be the next team man, you know, She's gonna they get re- the sword. ruined my childhood you know tila's gonna be he-man i'm like well if you know filmation you know you know what's going on yeah you know and i love
1: and i I, I love that kevin smith kind of said something you know in the way that he says things he's like you know if if you know as much as you say you know about he-man then you know where we're going with this like it's not a secret where we're taking her you know you shouldn't be surprised with what's happening right now because it's and been And part of the story for a long time,
0: and some don't know, you know they yeah, they yeah. they claim they know and they don't know now, there's also other people that you know, if you remember back then, a lot of kids didn't have v c r s you know sure. they wouldn't be home for every episode, they would be grounded, and you know they might have caught like a third of the episodes and loved them, and just naturally um just don't recall those episodes and you know what i got nothing but love for them i get that they they never knew that arc um and you know hopefully as they learn things like and that's part of what for turnia.com is for but as as they learn hopefully they go revisit this stuff this is what's great about revelation is that you now have all this like source material that you can go and revisit and go, Oh, wow. This is, you know, this is when, um, uh, this is when we find out that, uh, Tila is the daughter of the sorceress and, you know, Oh, wow. You know, this is the reason why, uh, probably Zodak, Zodak didn't, um, participate in this movie, um, which is going to be another lore article by the way. Um, but I might love as well it. just, okay, maybe I'll just leave it alone for now, but the, um, <laughs> but it, I love that they completed uh, Tila's sorcerer's arc. Um, and you know what? They made me really love Oracle and Adam, mm-hmm. both of those guys, oh,
1: man, Adam, Adam got so much character development in revelation that it was, it was amazing. And I remember watching it, and when He-Man finally gets his sword, but when Adam finally gets the sword back in episode ten and becomes He-Man again, I was like, "Oh yeah, He-Man's back." But I'd had so much; th- they built up Adam so good that it it kind of didn't make me. It, I don't know. I didn't miss He-Man as much as I thought I did, because Adam was there being the hero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I never loved adam before i could not but... wait till he turned into he-man in the old show yes so like, yeah you know go it's like Kent. yeah go pull your sword out let's get to the good stuff yeah
0: but revelation showed me adam's hearts mm-hmm. you know a heart that i just simply fell in love with yeah and um you know that's what made the show so wonderful and orco too as i mentioned before orco you know i always found him as annoying but um you know i not i didn't hate orco
1: he, he, he was the comic relief and that's yeah that, that's what we regarded him as he's like no he's nothing more than the joke character right
0: yep but um and he, it, it was just a wonderful mix and just to feel orco's pain and the grief of losing adam and losing he-man and you know and that's what kevin smith was talking about that the whole show was about he-man you yeah. know you, you you can't have the death of superman which is a very famous uh comic book storyline with superman always in that storyline and here it, it is all about he-man their loss what's happened now that he-man and skeletor are gone and when you're hearing like orko talk about he-man and 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 adam and this it's it's the heartbeat yeah
1: you feel feel his absence you know and you see you see these flashbacks that Tila is is having where she's remembering he-man and remembering her adventures with he-man and then you see her utilizing the lessons that she learned from he-man in how she deals with other people You know you see i think what is episode two where they do the spin move against whiplash and then that comes right up again and she does it with Andra to help him get out of snake mountain and then she does it again later with adam in fraternia you know you see these little through lines these narrative through lines of why this is a show about he-man because like you said he's the heartbeat throughout the entire thing everybody's referencing him everybody's talking about him everybody's remembering him and missing him and feeling the weight of his absence on this world
0: yeah and it it makes me sad that some people don't get that right yeah yeah and um but you know what as i say nothing but love for them seriously seriously um and i just hope that as time goes by as we get a season two and a season three fingers crossed (laughs) no
1: no. when when we get a season when we get yeah
0: (laughs) but as time goes by uh fans will really um regard this and come to appreciate you know the ones that haven't appreciated it already you know as this as the uh the smoke the culture clash smoke clears and they remove the bodies which is already starting to happen you know that um, people can look at it with a new set of eyes because be honest with you i've i've known a couple people where i've recommended that show and guess what they said to me they said oh i heard that show is woke
1: yeah yeah
0: and that's the reason why they stayed away you know, they, they see it come up on their YouTube feed, you know, as your yeah. videos recommended for you and they see that, or they read a little about that. And some of these are ideologically driven YouTube uh, media stars. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like stirring the pot and might not mm-hmm. necessarily be very familiar with filmation and ones that will say Tila's becoming the next He-Man or is becoming <laughs> the next <laughs> He-Man. Right.
1: You know, it's, it's just not, it's not a good faith representation of the, of, you know, what revelation is. Yeah. You know, I, I I can understand people being, you know, disappointed because they didn't get what they had expected. I, you know, I, I can feel for that. I can understand that, but I guess to, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's all I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just to keep it nice
0: <laughs> yes yes we like to stay nice we like to stay yeah. positive here and and you know even if anyone doesn't like the show i'm always interested in listening to their opinion like like what you mentioned some people said he sounds too much like joker okay i'm okay mm-hmm. with that but i can understand that criticism because sometimes sure. you're a joker and if you're a big batman and Man series fan and it could be a distraction for you so you know not everyone's going to agree but i and i i i can accept people's point of views and um and not everyone's going to love the show and if you're judging it for story elements or acting or plot points or what have you that's great um mm-hmm. if you have real meat behind your your disagreement with the show then hey Hey, like I said, nothing but love towards you and, um, sorry you didn't like it, you know, but it's the other ones, the other ones that, you know, that are just driven by other means, right. By a narrative and bandwagon jumping, you know, and, um, and, and, and also make money out of, you know, just stirring the pot, you know, they look for,
1: you know, just that, that mean spirited take,
0: they look for the next they look for the next show or something to complain about. This went yeah. woke. That went woke. It's and I'm like, woke. And I'm like, you know what? If you watched the filmation show, Tila, it was the captain of the guards. I think, what was that episode? The Game Master, maybe? Where Tila was actually indicated the, be- the second best fighter on Eternia. I think yeah. she was in a, in, in a, uh, arena. I mean, she's a great fighter and she was already preordained to get all of this power as a sorceress. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you're saying all this is woke, then I guess it was woke in 1983 as well. You know, well,
1: you know, I, I, I kind of think filmation was a little bit more woke than revelation even gets close to being, if I'm being honest,
0: Hmm. Maybe. I mean, that that's something we'll definitely have to explore in a, another podcast because we could keep going. Right? How long, its It's been an hour and 50 it's minutes. Almost,
1: yeah, yeah. It's been a while.
0: Yep. <laughs> so I think at this point we should wrap it up. Uh, Colt, do you have anything else to add before we wrap this up I, with a bow?
1: Yeah, I want it before we wrap it up and before we get into the more particulars of the series as we go on, I wanted to ask you what if you had a favorite moment from revelation that just made your heart sore.
0: This is, see, this is tough because there's so many favorite moments, you know, you know, I'm, uh, I'm always yelling to kiss the ring, you know, just like Randor (laughs) (laughs) says, um, I, I love, There's so many moments where, you know, King Grayskull says that, you know, that um, Adam's the only champion that kept his, you know, lesser form. I love when at the end, when Adam raises his sword or He-Man and says, let the power return and just the upswell of the music. Oh, I love the whole episode of, um, what is it? The gutter rat?
1: Yeah. You know when's uh, past
0: yeah and not just not just anything that you see in the forefront in regards to dialogue um but the transitions you know where you'll hear you know who knows uh, tila say something about who knows what's in a sorceress's heart mm-hmm. but as you're hearing tila say that it becomes
1: voiceover right yeah and you see Evelyn walking
0: yes and there was a lot of there was a lot of that yeah. that transitioning from one scene to another that i'm like this is really masterful masterful filmmaking series making um really well thought out really just just high caliber execution that i was just the technique of it I love. So there's so many aspects. I'm afraid, you know, oh, you're in trouble now. I mean, there's a million things that, you know, I just love, I I would really have to think about trying to nail it down to just one. It's so much the score, you know, Bear just did an amazing
1: job. He killed it. Wow.
0: You know, um, well, do you have one
1: Colt? I have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, goodness you just have one. <laughs> I, I have many scenes that I really like, but the one that just brought it home for me and just made me feel so happy with this series is because I finally got to see something that I've wanted to see since I was a kid. And that was Adam and Tila finally becoming something of an official couple. There's no kiss. I wanted a kiss. I didn't get it, but that's okay because hopefully it's coming. But we got that moment between them on the balcony where it's just it's quite it's a quiet moment, but it's a sweet moment. And it just I guess that that good hearted feeling and that happy feeling is what I associate with filmation is it always made me feel good. It always made me feel happy. And to see them bring Adam and Tila together, especially after, the, you know, what we just saw them go through with each of their struggles, but that they could. Find each other again and come back together and be together and be happy together. You know? Yeah. It was the yeah. moment where I was just like, this is the perfect way to end this series, and I'm happy with Revelation.
0: I love when she finishes his sentence off and says, My hero.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: It's such a great And moment.
1: it and it's fun because it it kinda I guess in my head canon it kind of ties back in with that teaser trailer of holding out for a hero. Hmm. It's you know, it's kind of, we started with a hero and it ends with Tila calling Adam her hero. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I just, I really like that. And I, I kind of think it's beautiful.
0: It's a wonderful moment, you know? And the, the, that's my problem. The series is just full of wonderful yeah. moments. Like Randor, right? Hugging his son, oh. in savage He-Man, you know? It's amazing. Oh.
1: Finally seeing him for who he is.
0: Yeah. And the tears. And I'm like, Oh my God, am I getting
1: choked up? <laughs> it's a cartoon. I'm getting choked up. And I mean that I, if a cartoon can make me cry, then it's done a, it's done a good job. And I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm big enough of a person to say that I, I cried a little bit watching Revelation. It's wonderful. It really is. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Damn straight. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. <laughs>
0: All right. Maybe one of the episodes, will have a good cry. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll just be us crying. It'll just be us crying. <laughs> Talking about seeing everything balling up. Be... All right. Uh, <laughs> anything else to add? Oh.
1: I, no, I think, I think, I think I'm good.
0: Okay. So um, just to wrap this up guys, we want to thank you for listening to our premiere episode the podcast. Hopefully you like what you hear. Uh, It's going to be available on a lot of formats, including YouTube. And uh, please leave your comments. Hopefully they're all nice. And uh, we'll try to read them and uh, any recommendations, please go ahead and suggest. And uh, we're just, if you enjoyed the show, we're just happy you enjoyed it. Um, Regarding the site, you could find us at uh, foreternia.com. We have news articles there. We have lore articles there. And we have uh, Voices of Eternia, which we were mentioning before, where um, everyone has a voice. Um, And Easter eggs as well. And you can find us from that page. Uh, We have a Twitter account and a Facebook page and um, a YouTube account. And and that's it. So for Eternia.com, we appreciate you. Um, spending your time with us and we hope you enjoyed it and uh, let the power return. We'll uh, see you next time.